Milner. Can he tee up someone in red? And he goes towards Lundgren. Hello and welcome back to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and I have Captain Logan Stump. Hello. And Vice Captain Matt Hartgrove. Mm-hmm. Hey. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm Manager of the Year, Jordan Wiegand, and we're going over here. <laughs> all, of the, uh, all of our week one action here from the English Premier League. So we have uh, just some quick transfers. Of course, uh, Havertz is official now. Um, Mendy, the goalkeeper from Rennes, is rumored uh, going to Chelsea. Uh, we have Brewster, uh, Rion Brewster, or Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain maybe moving on from Liverpool. Uh, Matt, let's get right into it. Uh, is both of these players going to leave, or is it a one sell to get Thiago, you think? Oof. I, I'm starting to think that none of the, it sounds really weird, but I don't think any of the selling of any of the main players is what they're really looking at in terms of Thiago. Um, it really seems like what Liverpool want to do is sell their, I mean, not to sound rude, but their, their Deadwood, which is more like uh, Marco Grujic, even though there's a report coming out today that, his agent said Liverpool would like to hold on until January, but I don't really believe that because um, he's never going to play. So I I think they're just really looking at telling guys like Grealish, Harry Wilson, Loris Karius. Like, they're going to look at these guys to to kind of go into the funds of someone like a uh, backup winger, like a Sar, or there even was Anderlecht has a guy named Jeremy Doku, who's like a 16-year-old or 17-year-old who's apparently really talented. Um, and I think Ox kind of falls into, I think Ox is someone who they don't really want to sell. And so I think if they are offered something that is over their, what they're valuing him at, I think they will go ahead and, and sell him and use that towards honestly, like a different signing. I think they're preparing to go for Tiago and a, a winger with, the Deadwood funds, and then anything else is going to really come from like a surprise sell. So I, I, I don't think they they were going for Tiago in the sense of swapping him with either of those guys. I just think it's more if they get the right deal, they'll do it, and that might cause them to change their plans because Klopp's actually been very he's been very consistent with saying you know if things change we'll change our plans on the fly. Like he's not really keeping to one idea. So he's very open-minded about it. 
And so a guy like a guy like Ox getting sold, I would just think would would give them either whatever their plan D or plan E could possibly be right now that looks pretty far off. It could just end up causing that to occur. All right. Uh, we also have the rumors of the goalkeeper at Arsenal, backup goalkeeper uh, Martinez, uh, maybe moving to Aston Villa. Uh, I would be totally fine with this. Now, we talked about this on the draft show uh, a bit was uh, when I drafted him <laughs> that, uh, you know, people said that he could actually replace Leno, uh, that he was very impressive and he looked really good in the community of shield. But uh, it seems like he's frustrated with not playing, wants a move out since Leno is still starting. And uh, this could be good for him and good for my fantasy team here. <laughs> because if anything happens to Allison, and I, then I actually have a starting backup goalkeeper instead of, uh, instead of ha- hoping that it's a day he's rotated in. Um, we have Crystal Palace, who's linked to Ben Rama uh, as well from Brentford. And we have uh, Manchester United going after former Chelsea target Regilion, or Regulion. Um, I've heard it both ways. Now let uh, now let's move over to the actual results of the week. So we have we're going to go in order of the games actually here. So we had uh, first up Arsenal versus Fulham. Arsenal win that one three nil. Eight minutes in, Lacazette. Uh, 49 minutes in, Gabriel. And 57th minute in, my golden boot pick, uh, Aubameyang. Now, I thought Fulham looked pretty good for the first eight minutes. (laughs) But after that, they really fell off a cliff. Uh, Mostly because then they actually have to start attacking because they're down a goal. And then it opens up. And then you have, you know, uh, just the clinical... Uh, strikes from you know somebody like Obama Yang who really helped seal the deal there 57 minutes in. Logan, what was your take as we woke up at 7.30 on a Saturday morning to watch this game? Oh, it was about as, it went about as expected for me. Um, like you said, the, the first eight minutes and going back and watching through, they, they played well, like they, they had held their ground pretty well, but after that it was like the floodgates opened and then Fulham remembered who they were. Um, and looking back through like their ratings on the fought mob at, um, they didn't have a single player higher than an Arsenal player, which can't be good. Um, I mean, Arsenal just looked like they were just overpowering, um, Fulham. And actually, uh, I mean, looking at Arsenal, they, they looked a lot more dangerous than I thought they would. I, I think they've got, I think they've got a side that could, that could challenge, um, for that top four now. Um, where, where's, you know, in the past, they haven't really. So it should be interesting to see what they can do. And if their attack keeps going like they did and William plays like he did, um, they could be dangerous. Yes, that was my uh, pick for fifth place this year was Arsenal and manager of the year. Arteta was one of my choices there. So we'll see if that is on track. So far, I think it is. Uh, Matt, any thoughts about Arsenal Fulham before we move on to the next game? It went exactly how I expected. Um, Fulham, honestly, Fulham just kind of looked like a team that's going to really struggle to score and defend. I, the little bit I was able to, I watched majority of more toward the second half 
And even then, it was just, it felt like it was hard for them to get the ball into the final third. And it just, it's going to be a long year for them. Yeah, we're we're looking really good. I think all three of us had them in the relegation zone. So it's looking pretty good uh, in that regard. Bad for Fulham fans, but good for our selections. Uh, Crystal Palace faced Southampton later that day, 13 minutes in. Wilfred Zaha took the lead. Uh, and that was the only goal of the match. Zaha had a chance uh, later in the game as well. And so did Southampton uh, that was saved. I missed most of this one getting my hair cut. I left right after the third goal went in for Arsenal. Like, okay, I'm going to try to get this done as soon as possible now so I can watch Liverpool versus Leeds. Uh, Logan, I know you were watching Palace. You chose them to go down. Apologize to Matt's friend Andrew right now and and tell him they're going to stay up. <laughs> yeah, uh, Andrew, I do apologize. Um, you know, uh, looking at it though, if if the rumors are true, if they are looking to sell Zaha, which they always seem to be out there looking for him, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's like a cancer to the team or what he is, but I mean, watching him, he does create a lot of opportunities, create a lot of big chances. Um, and man, he he had a one, one ball that he put through to himself, which honestly, it, I mean, I think it's pretty fitting for what his attitude seems to be. Um, I don't know. I just, it, the crystal looks good. Uh, I, I just think if they do sell him, like they've said they were going to over the last couple of years, um, it's been a transfer rumor for a long time. And I know Everton was linked to him for a while and then Tottenham was interested in him. And I just don't know. I, I think they're a team that doesn't really have a direction to go. Um, and I think that, you know, having no direction, I think can cause them some problems. I do apologize. I don't know. You know, they, they did look more impressive than I thought they would. Um, and then that Gaeta, um, <laughs> he made a save at the end that would have equalized for Southampton. He, the guy hit a header and it bounced it, and he made a save. I'm not sure exactly how he saw it. Uh, it was like a rocket off of him, um, and he saved it. it. It was amazing. But I think I think I owe him an apology. I don't know if Crystal Palace is going to fall that far now that I've seen the other teams play. All right, let's go into the big one. This one will break down a little bit more, I think, here uh, to Matt's detriment here. We got Liverpool leads. Liverpool won that one 4-3 to three in what was an Old West shootout here. We had uh, Mo Salah get a penalty four minutes in. Uh, I thought that one was harsh, in all honesty, with it bouncing off of his knee first uh, for the handball. Then we had Jack Harrison... Former NYCFC striker uh, Jack Harrison, who is uh, now at Manchester City and on loan at Leeds, score and equalize. We have Virgil van Dijk score 20 minutes in on a header that I actually thought the goalkeeper for Leeds uh, should have done a little better there. We'll get into that. Uh, Then we have Patrick Bamford score 30 minutes in to equalize. 33 minutes in, Salah scores. 66 minutes in, click scores, and then 88th minute, Salah with the penalty kick again. Uh, Matt, I don't want to hear anything about Liverpool never getting penalties and Manchester United getting all of them <laughs> ever again. Uh, but uh, No, we... I'm, not, I'm still going to do that. <laughs> before we go uh, any further, 
I, I want to let you have the floor here on uh, do you feel good after this game? I know Leeds plays a different style than most recently uh, promoted teams, so yeah. it might end up looking like a better result than it does, you know, right off the bat. But yeah. in a battle of two champions, the champion of the uh, championship and the champion of the Premier League, what was your thoughts on the match? So I think with it being over a day since it ended, I actually, I feel better about it than I did after it occurred. Um, watching the game, it did feel a lot like last year's opener against Norwich. Um, not saying that Leeds and Norwich are going to have the same results throughout the year. I think Leeds are much better, but Liverpool did have some issues with the attacking style Norwich brought to play. Um, but Leeds obviously have much better players. I completely feel that I can say that statement with confidence, but the reason I feel, I feel a little bit better right now because I think there's things in the game that show why Liverpool is such a hard team to beat. And in in all honesty, I think Leeds threw every possible thing they could at Liverpool. Um, They they played a completely different game than teams normally do. And the announcers were even kind of mentioning it, that Leeds basically pretended as if their midfield didn't exist. They were going from defender to forward, which is similar to Liverpool's style of play, where the midfielders aren't the attacking portion of the team. They're more just there for stability. And I think the problem, though, is that a team like Leeds takes that Liverpool style, but the problem is that you're going to have to play a higher line, and in Liverpool has an elite set of attackers, especially with Mane and Salah. Firmino struggled. I think Firmino was probably one of the, the lower-rated players. He just seems like he's a little bit passive sometimes when he should really just attack the goal. But Salah and Mane, especially Salah, looked that was one of the best games I've seen him play. And I think in part it's because of how Leeds decided to play Liverpool. I think if Leeds play back a little bit more, I think the game does end a little differently. I could see it ending 3-1, maybe 3-2. There was definitely some mistakes on both ends. I think I think if healthy, I don't think Joe Gomez will start over Joel Matip. I think Matip is the one. I actually think he's going to get picked to play against Chelsea. Um I think they'll give him a shot because I think he puts a little bit more veteran stability in the defense. Um, a little bit, I was a little bit disappointed with Van Dyke's error because he's been making a few of them recently where it just looks like he needs to not try to outplay the player and just do the simple pass. Um, instead of trying to bounce it or kick it over the guy's head, the announcers even mentioned it, just head it back to the goalie. You don't need to make a, a big play out of it. And you know, I, I do think, though, in the end, that it is proof of why Liverpool is tough to beat because you can play their style and you still end up getting beat in the end. And I just think that's what makes it tough. Now, I'm, I am worried about the Chelsea game because Chelsea's a much better team than Leeds, but I also think both teams, because I know we'll get to Chelsea, I think both teams are going to play differently than they did today. So I, I could see it being fairly open but not maybe not end up as high scoring as last year. Um, but yeah, I think definitely during the game, there was, I had some, a little bit of overreactions with some of the players because I was getting a little frustrated. But in the end, I think it does show that Liverpool are tough to beat no matter what you really throw at them. And in, in the end, I think that's actually going to be one of the harder games they have at Anfield this year because 
a lot of the lower teams tend to sit back and I don't think they have, I don't think many lower teams are going to have the attack style leads have. So I think most of the teams outside the top six are going to play pretty, pretty back on Liverpool. So the games are going to be one nil, two nil, two one. Um, but I think Leeds are one of the lower, one of the teams outside the top six that probably are going to give Liverpool their toughest battle at Anfield this year. Um, if there's fans, I also think that game ends differently. I think Liverpool take a lot from their fans. So I, I think if, if they can get some fans into the stadium, and I think that's just going to make it harder. But, yeah, I feel better after after yesterday. But and there's definitely things to work on, but I think they're going to get through them. Yeah. hasn't uh, Wasn't there a stat that Firmino has not scored a goal at home or something in a long time? Uh, what was that stat after that game? Uh, I can't remember what it uh, was. He's only, he, he, did, he only scored one goal at home last year. It was actually in the Chelsea game. That's um, what, yeah, that's what it shows it was a, here. That was the only one. It, it's, it's very interesting watching him play because he is very much pass first. And I think there's times where he's got the ball in front of goal. And for some reason, he looks more toward Mane and Salah instead of just shooting it as hard as he can or as mm-hmm. technical as he is. And I think that's what happens is I just think he his his mindset, I think, needs to have a, a little bit more of a, a finishing instinct and not as much as a I need to get it to one of my world class wingers. Because there's moments where he really should just kick first touch hit it right through and he's going to score and he could get 10, 15 goals on a year, but you just see these moments where he passes it or he has some weird, like it almost looks like he doesn't even kick it correctly, but I think it's because his head, he's, he's almost not sure what to do. Like, do I pass it? Do I shoot it? And then by the time the ball gets to him, he hasn't made up his mind and he just ends up with a weak shot right at the goalkeeper or he mistouches. But I, I think it's it's something where I, I don't I'm not really too concerned with him because I know the type of player he is, but I do think he's got a little case of the yips at Anfield. Now I was just talking about uh, that uh, that Van Dyke goal, uh, not the one that he caused, but the one that he scored. <laughs> um, but uh, for me, uh, let me know, guys, if I'm being too harsh on the goalkeeper here. But uh, for me, I thought that this should have been saved. It's right at the goalkeeper. Uh, he catches it, but the force of the shot, I guess, kind of pushes him into the goal, and he just kind of falls back in there. Um, I know, you know, Van Dyke was wide open, but uh, I thought that maybe the keeper should have pushed it away instead of trying it looked like he's trying to catch it and then the he just kind of falls with the ball into the back of the net logan did i see that correctly yeah so i was watching i just watched it um and if you go back and look at what firmino does firmino like he goes near the keeper and i don't think he pushed him hard but i think the keeper was thinking well maybe i could do something to draw the car i don't know what he was thinking I think he thought, like, maybe if I can get the attention of the ref, like, Firmino. So Firmino, like, sticks his arm out, and he, like, shoves the keeper back. And so the keeper ends up back in the net. And by the time he gets back, Van Dyke's shot hit the ground. So, I mean, it hit him so hard, it, like, backed him up again. So if you watch back to the replay, uh, I mean, it looks like, I mean, Firmino looks like he pushed him. Like, he shoved him back into the goal. And then Van Dyke gets that open because the keeper can't get out around him. 
Um, so if you look back at it, uh, it does look like there's some some weird stuff going on there. Because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, how does a keeper like? I get that it was a, a powerful head, but like, how does he how does he fall back that easily? But now that I'm watching it back, it does look like they shoved him. And uh, like Matt was talking about with that Van Dyke error, uh, some hot takes in the comments here of this stat. Here's a stat for you ESPN put out yesterday. Since the start of the 2018 to 2019 season, no outfield player has made more errors leading to goals in the Premier League than Virgil Van Dyke. Um, Now, here's the interesting thing. I think that stat is worded to make it sound really bad, but it doesn't give you how many errors he's given up, how many errors have led to goals. It doesn't say that in here. So I'm I'm not, I haven't been able to find that step, but go ahead, Matt. The, the other thing, I I didn't read the article because I didn't want to be angry at something ESPN wrote. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the other thing I was intrigued with is that, and I don't know the stats with other teams, other players, but what I do know is that in the premier league, Van Dyke has played every minute of every game for the last two years. He's the only Liverpool player that's done it. So he's, he doesn't get subbed off. Um, he literally plays every single game, every minute of the game. And I think in a way that I don't think there's a lot of people out there that tend to do that. Um, and I think that can be an issue, though, too, is that when you play more, you are more likely to make a few errors. I don't know how many he's actually made. But I don't really think it's I, – I can picture a few in my head, but I really don't think it's it's, much, it's more of a reason of him just playing every single minute. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to find the actual uh, – okay. I mean hmm. – like, I agree with Matt. Like, I think – uh, I mean, City plays a game of who's who back in the back four. So, like, uh, you know, you play somebody that much, and he's the anchor to that defense. I mean, you can really nitpick somebody and, and try to pick that apart, but there's no better defender than him. Yeah, let me see here. Um, I'm trying to find the actual stat. This article from uh, tw- from earlier this summer... Uh, and I will say also, of. he has to, um, last year, the last two years, he has had to play a few amount of games with Lovren. And even though he's a, he was a great personality on Liverpool, I think when he played, it did cause a little bit more onto Van Dyke because Lovren was known to make more mistakes. So I think he had to, mm-hmm. he had to cover more ground and play a different skill set. I actually think he played. I think he fully plays best best with Matip. Um, I think Matip is skill wise. I I do think Gomez is better, but I think Matip being more of a veteran and playing in the in the top level of the Bundesliga and Premier League longer than Gomez has, I think he is a little bit more stable. So I think in the end, I think more of his errors tend to occur with the Lovren and Gomez games because he does. It, personally, I think he plays and looks better when Matip is there because I think he has he doesn't have to cover he has to cover half the field and not you know two thirds of it or maybe a little bit more than closer to three quarters of it you know he has to he can focus more on what he does best when he has a little bit of a stable partner back there like someone with Matip 
Now I found the number. Uh, how uh, how many errors do you want to say this is in that time frame that I'm about to say here? Uh, I'm in a. Oof. I'm out, I'm out, honestly I'm going through all the games. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say four. You're close. You're very close. Um, it is three. <laughs> it's three errors. Yes. So he has he has two in his last four games. Okay. One was against Arsenal. Yes, and one was against uh, Leeds. The other one was he he had one error in his first 154 games in the Premier League. So it's three, and that again is one of those misleading stats. I feel where you. Uh, it's worded in a way where they don't tell you how many errors it is. So that way it sounds like it's worse than it actually is. Um, Does it say what the other one is? Uh, it doesn't. It didn't say which one that one was. I have to look it up. I'm actually intrigued. I feel like he may um, want to get City a, uh, a couple, maybe a couple, was it two seasons ago? I feel like he made one against City, now that I think about it. Yeah, I don't know. It it wasn't last year because last year he only had one, and this year he has the uh, the one. And then other than that, uh, it doesn't say. I'm guessing it's from the 18 to 19 season because that's when the stat was started. You know, like that's when they starting since that season. So uh, I'm assuming it's that one in that season, one last season, and one this season. It's really only one a year, but. Oh, well. Oh, uh, okay. Um, here, I want you guys to try to guess what team. This team is in the – so his his first year, I actually think I remember this too. His first year happened in March of 2019, and it's against a team that's currently in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But it's, my only thing I'm going to say is it's a team that is not expected to be very good this year. West Brom. No, close. West, West Ham. Ham? <laughs> no, no. Just think, think more of a finishing spot when I say you're close to West Ham. Uh, Fulham. Yep. Oh. His first top flight error in a Liverpool shirt. This is from the Daily Mail, I believe. Um, his first flight, his first top flight error in a Liverpool shirt came away to Fulham in 2019. He headed a ball back to Allison. It was it was actually picked up by an ex Liverpool player, Ryan Babel, who finished it. Mm. Wonder what the score of that game was. Well, uh, I I think um, I, I think he, I think he'll be okay. Uh, so we have uh, we they have two to one on a James Milner penalty. There you go. See, they're okay even when he does that. Um, so it finished four to three. Leeds impressed a whole bunch of people. Uh, we, I was talking about them last week on our preview as one of the stories to watch because of Bielsa's style of play. Logan, what impressed you about Leeds other than the fact that uh, you know former MLS uh, Jack Harrison scored uh, the first equalizing goal? And former uh, city uh, youngster, but um, no, the I think just the fact that they come out and 
against the champions, and and I know they're the champions of the championship, but I, I they just came out with some kind of force. I, I mean, it's kind of like that force that I think you look at Sheffield, you look at Wolves. I think they've got that in them. I mean, they were really impressive. Um, and what Matt was saying, I don't think I would put it all on Liverpool, honestly. I, I think you come out, and I think Bielsa has them figured out. I think he's got them playing at a style that'll be, you know, I think it'll help to play that style, that real open um, in the Premier League, just because I don't, you know, they, they looked great on attack. Um, their defense is going to have to use some work. But I think when you look at it, I, I think that the the success they had also, you know, made Liverpool not look as strong. Because I, I thought... You know, besides some of the mistakes Liverpool make, um, they they played really well just to beat Leeds because Leeds had it going and going quick. Um, and the fact that, like Matt said, that they were just able to find a way to win um, is just typical Liverpool. And I think that the way that Leeds, I would not, you know, discredit them in any any form um, because I think they played a really good game and that's why it made it. And I think we'll see here later on as they as they you know make their way through the league. I think you're going to see that they're one of the more competitive sides. I mean, I think they're at least mid-table. They were really impressive. And also former Chelsea youngster Patrick Bamford scored. Uh, Interesting stat that was said on the broadcast. While he was the top goal scorer for the team last year with 16, in the whole championship, he actually had like the the lowest, I think they said, um, goals to... Uh, goals out of chances so he was getting tons of chances created that Leeds have but he actually scored the lowest percentage so he he sh- they were expecting him to score more than 16 last year but uh but he did not moving on to West Ham versus Newcastle Newcastle with some new blood like Callum Wilson who scores 56 minutes in and Jeff Hendrick scored 87 minutes in to win 2-0. Let me just say that Hendrick goal was assisted by former Atlanta United talisman Miguel Almiron. Uh, Logan, I know you got to watch some of this Newcastle game. I'm not sure if Matt did. I, I missed a bit of it doing some... Uh, um, I missed it. Yeah, I missed a good chunk of it as well here. What What were your thoughts on, on Newcastle? Um, I saw like the f- whole first half. I, I missed all the action pretty much, though. So. Yeah, so I watched the whole thing, um, and I'm playing a FIFA season with them right now um, because the, I think that their storyline's intriguing, their ownership, and their owners were there last night, and they were the commentary was like, I bet you they're glad <laughs> that the away supporters aren't here tonight because they'd be booing the crap out of them. And then they're like, well, then it'd be confusing because then the West Ham guys are going to be booing too, so they're just all going to be really confused, booing their owners. Um, so, But it was an interesting game. Uh, I, I think... When you look at it, Newcastle does, and West Ham's really weak, so it's kind of hard to tell exactly how well Newcastle played. But I do think, I mean, they controlled the ball. Um, Andy Carroll played really well, um, and I know he's had a hard time staying on the pitch. Um, but, I mean, he he looked really, he's so big and physical, um, and he just created chances for, for Callum Wilson and um, Hendrick. And Hendrick's shot, uh, and spoiler alert, Hendrick's shot is just, it, it's such poise. Um, and... The way that he was able to finish, uh, it it was a hell of a shot. Um, almost right outside the box. I think he was just inside of it. Um, but they looked really good. I, I think that they've got pieces, too. I know their defense is really good. Um, they've got the pieces, and, and they've actually got some pretty pretty good depth. Um, they've got defender. I mean, 
I'm, I'm ranking that off of the FIFA ratings, but um, but when they were putting guys on and, you know, John Joe Shelby's plays and he plays well, everybody, they just keep coming at you. And I, I think they've got some impressive depth. I think they're going to improve from last year because I think Callum Wilson's fantastic. I think that that he has a pretty good season. Um, and he's just fun to watch. I mean, he just looked like a force to be reckoned with up front. Yeah, and they even had former Liverpool legend uh, Andy Carroll on the pitch uh, for them. <laughs> and Liverpool legend John Joe Shelby. Yes. Yes. Well, they were talking uh, about. They were talking about it. They were like these these two, and it's like a bunch of old guys running around. And uh, they showed Andy Carroll running before the game, and one of the, one of the commentator goes, "I just hope he doesn't get hurt in training." <laughs> it's like, oh lord. I mean, really, when you look at the stats, I mean, he didn't they say like he hasn't scored a Premier League goal in in quite a few years, twenty eighteen or or earlier, and he wasn't even on Newcastle at that point. He was on um, West Ham because uh, he started at Newcastle. Well, I mean, he was on Newcastle before he went to Liverpool, then went to Liverpool, then I think West Ham, then Newcastle again. I think we'll move on here to West Brom versus Leicester. This was the early match on uh, Sunday. Leicester win 3-0, and uh, that is 56 minutes in. Castagny, I guess, if I'm butchering that, sorry. I know he's listening. 74th minute in a Vardy penalty, 84th minute of Vardy penalty. Uh, Matt, can Leicester be as good as they were last year? You have a unique perspective due to their manager being Brendan Rodgers, who was Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Liverpool manager, when you started watching? No, I think I think he was the second one. I think he came in shortly after I started. Um, I'm not sure who the first one was. It might have been Hodgson. I, I, I think he was a Liverpool manager. But I, you know, I, I don't think, I, I don't think they can do what they did last year. I think, do I think they can finish in the top five again, yes. But I don't think they can do what they did last year where they were they were the team challenging Liverpool up until Boxing Day when Liverpool beat them 4-0. I, I think they're going to be in that five to eight range, similar to Wolves, Tottenham, Arsenal. I think it's just going to be a constant fight with these teams, maybe even Everton actually over Tottenham in that based off of the, the upcoming game we'll talk about. But they're definitely in the upper tier uh, of teams in the in the entire Premier League, but and and I do think Rodgers learned a lot from his time at Liverpool, and I think I think that definitely helps them. But their team in itself, I don't see being able to to handle top tier teams. I you know obviously Jamie Vardy knows how to score goals, but. You know, they have some decent talent in the midfield. Madison, Tielemans, um, Harvey Barnes actually looks like a player who could end up being pretty big for them this year. But there's nothing that really stands out. You know, they don't really, I, I don't think they're going to be as high, as high scoring, high running. You know, Brendan Rodgers kind of had that with Liverpool with, with SAS, Suarez, and Sturridge. And, and he eventually had Sterling as well in there. Um, you know, it's, he, you expect kind of like a high-scoring team, and I don't think you're really going to get that with them this year. Um, they'll be good, but I just, I don't think they have the players, the elite level of players that 
the top four have, or quite possibly maybe even an Arsenal have, or um, I think they kind of fit more around the Wolves area where they're just a, they're good. They're well coached. Uh, their players are average to above average, but they just don't have some, any, they don't have an elite team that can handle big games against the big teams that make you, that put you in the top four. Yeah, so actually, so it was Roy Hodgson until 2011, and then it was Kenny Dalglish until 2012 of May. Then it was Brendan Rodgers. Then it was Jurgen Klopp. So I just okay, so uh, I just looked that up. I think it was. I think okay. So then it would have been it would have been Dalglish. Dalglish. Yeah. And I obviously at that point I didn't have full ideas to like how big of a player it was. It took me a little time, but uh, Rodgers is probably and former the manager I, too. Yeah, Rodgers was the first one that I can sit there and say I remember him. Yeah, let me, I remember that. Uh, I remember that clip from uh, from that being Liverpool show. Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> he pretty much just says you'll be on the first plane back uh, uh, to Sterling. Um, there, Sterling was giving him a little bit of lip. Um, we'll have to figure out how to play sound clips at some point. Uh, moving on from Leicester, unless Logan, do you have anything about Leicester? Uh, no, West Brom's really bad. <laughs> I think uh, they're quickly we relegated. Our, yeah, we have. I think. We, yeah, I, I think our. I think our pick's safe. Uh, I'm going with our Harrogate boys on Wednesday to beat them in the Carabao Cup. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. They have them. Um, yeah, you know, we even forgot to mention Harrogate won their first ever league match in uh, the Football League 2, 4-0. Rushing style. Flat. They're the they're the unofficial official team of this of this podcast. Uh, moving on to Tottenham versus Everton. Jose Mourinho starts off with a big fat L to start the season, a drop of points. Everton Liverpool rivals win 1-0 with Calvert-Lewin scoring in the 55th minute. Uh, I know you guys were very down on Everton before we started uh, the podcast this year. Uh, I thought their signings all looked pretty good yesterday, including Mr. James Rodriguez, uh, who I'm pretty sure, I didn't even think about it until now, but with their boss being Carlo Ancelotti, I'm pretty sure Carlo managed him at Real Madrid. So there is that little bit of of link there and they and he probably knows I how think, to utilize them yeah he did I, I think he also had him at munich yeah he coached him twice. oh yes that's yeah. right because that, he's the one that brought him to munich yeah because he, he followed he's followed him because there was a cool uh instagram photo i don't know if you guys saw it but it was like him in the three different spots and like him like welcoming him onto the pitch it's really cool i'll have to see if i can find it yeah uh yeah i thought james did uh did pretty well um I thought uh, all of their signings really did uh, pretty well. Let's see. When he first started at Real Madrid, I'm trying to think of who was. Uh, I don't think Carlo was managing right as soon as he got there. I'm not sure though. But yeah, he he he's the one that brought him to. Uh, brought him to Bayern Munich, and he is now the one that brought him to Everton. Uh, Let's see here, Matt, your thoughts on 
uh, on Everton and their first match. And also, if you want to give the perspective as well. Uh, no, you know what? I'll let Logan give that perspective. How about Everton, Matt, as a as as your Liverpool rivals? Your thoughts on Everton? And uh, you know they they did look better. I think. Um, I also I do think there was a little bit more toward the fact Tottenham just didn't look too great, but I, I do they did look a better than I did expect. Um, you know, the Richarlison miss was was pretty bad, but um, I didn't get to see the goal, so I, I didn't uh, see see what happened on it. But I do uh, Calvert Lewin is definitely I think their best player. Um, he actually is someone that does tend to impress me when I watch. I don't think, again, like, similar to Leicester, I just don't think they have the talent to really compete with teams that are significantly better than them or have the better players. But, you know, they they, looked, they did give Everton fans something to look forward to, I think. I, I don't think you're going to see many games where they're going to get maybe blown out. I don't think you're going to see, you know, games against lower teams where they they go down a few goals like they tend to do, or you're not going to get also a string of, of losses where they don't even get a draw at some point. Um, they'll definitely be playing more consistent. And I think that's, that's just a, one of the positives of having a manager like Ancelotti. He, he knows how to, to stop skids. He knows how to give consistent play. So I, I do think watching them, I, I could see them finishing, you know, I kind of figured they might be a ninth or 10th team, but, after watching them, I, I do think they'll end up better than Tottenham unless something changes. I do think they'll challenge Wolves for that seventh, eighth spot. So I, I think it's a good sign for Everton. I, I, they need a little bit more talent, but um, they're going to get there. Logan, your thoughts on Jose Mourinho's Tottenham. Uh, I kind of shared mine. I believe, I think it was on the show. I don't even remember anymore uh, what's on the show and what's off the show. But I kind of mentioned about how I feel like uh, we're probably close to that point with Jose at his team where things might start going a little wrong. Uh, your thoughts on Tottenham? Yeah, so... Um... I was just, I was actually just looking through, and you, I, I know you were talking about the, how the second years felt trouble for him, um, and uh, I just read. Uh, this has just been reported that uh, the Daily Mail, I think, a day ago or so, um, Jose Mourinho's lazy jibe has split the Tottenham squad after defeating them against, or after the defeat against Everton. Supposedly, he went around the locker room and told which ones were being lazy. Um, individually and looks to have shattered um, some relationships. Uh, Davies was really mad uh, and said that, you know, he's got, you know, we've got a lot of work to work on, but to, to go in and individually point out um, the different issues that they've had and calling players lazy and not wanting to work um, is not a way to go about uh, coaching a team, managing a team. So again, Jordan, like you said, and I know he's had problems with this in the past. I think, he creates such a bad culture, um, and I've always thought of him kind of as an arrogant prick. Um, but I think when you really start to look at it, uh, these guys, and especially as they get younger, um, I mean, this generation, these generations, don't they don't take well to the kind of coaching that I think he tries to pull off, um, which is why I always thought it was interesting that, that big teams and big clubs keep wanting to bring him back. 
and the fact that there's other managers sitting out there that I think are better options. But I, I you know, as far as Jose, I, I just don't see him uh, doing well in this stint. Like you said, they looked horrible. I mean, they looked stale. They looked like Everton. <laughs> they they looked like a really weak side with uh, really no clue um how to figure out what Everton was doing and like you said ever and Matt said that you know Everton looked really good and I know that um you know talking a little bit about it that um Jose just didn't look like he made the adjustments and then decided he was going to blame um you know the, the squad and the side for being lazy as some of his own pitfall yeah uh it's the uh I mean I don't see Kane sticking around here anymore at this point. He's going to have to go. He's wasting his years at Tottenham when it seemed like they were close to a trophy with Pochettino. But now with how things are going with Jose and if he really is splitting up the locker room, it's just going to be an unstable club, a club that's not going to win anything. It might be time for him to move on. It might just be time for him to move on. Yeah, yeah. He, he he broke the locker room, Matt. That's, there's reports out on the Daily Mail that said he split the locker room and they don't like him. I don't know how trustworthy so he kind of looks. Well, ESPN reported it first and uh, Daily picked it up. Again, I don't know how much I would trust ESPN. ESPN, right. <laughs> 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 like Van Dyke's the worst defender in the league. Hey, for the last three years, the stats speak to him. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ever since, um, like, every major professional sport got its own network, it feels like uh, their reporting is a little bit more detailed and, and correct than some of the mainstream outlets that began the sports reporting. Yeah, because they were able to take the best talent. Um, so, here we go. Um, Sheffield United versus Wolves. Uh, this one happened today, Monday, the 14th. Uh, Raul Jimenez, who got me some much-needed fantasy points, scored three minutes in in what was a great finish. And then three minutes later, Sice from uh, from Wolves as well scores to make it 2-0. And they, uh, they hold on to win 2-0. I don't think there's much to really say about this one except for Wolves look like they're they're back at it again. Looks like uh, you know they they might be able to uh, continue what they were doing. Now Logan and Matt, uh, you were just talking about <clears throat> Sheffield's manager, I believe, last week about maybe predictions for manager of the year. I saw an interesting stat where it took like 214 minutes, I think, for them to give up two Premier League goals last year. This year it only took six minutes. Is there cause to worry at Sheffield United, Logan? Uh, absolutely not, because I think Wolves is now a team that looks very capable for challenging um, five, four, dare I say. I mean, I was watching them play. And <laughs> they don't look weak. And, I, and City has to start with them next week. I know I'm scared. I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't going to be good. Um, I, I really am. Yeah, I do like looking up and down their squad. And, and they just, I mean, shots on goal, shots on goal, shots on goal. I was like, good Lord. Um, I And I do. I think that he, I think uh, Chris Wilder might be looking at the manager of the year, uh, you know, earlier this afternoon. Uh, I think that. You know, I think it's is his name Noto. No, I think that's what his name is. Um, the Wolves manager. Nuno. Um, Nuno. Nuno. That's it. Yeah. Yes. 
I, I think you might be looking at, at, you know, looking down the barrel of a gun again and looking at that. That I think Wolves um, just just plays really well and, and beat the crap out of Sheffield United. I don't think Sheffield United's that bad of a side, um, and I do still think that 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 he is going to be in conversations because I think Sheffield's good. But I think, you know, I, I do think that he might get dethroned by by. The, the Wolves manager. I, I just, uh, they looked really impressive. Like I know it's the first match of, of their season, but uh, I mean, they, they had a lot. Their defense is really good. Um, Sice looked really good. He almost scored his second goal and rattled one off the post. And, you know, I, I think they definitely have um, the makings of, of being a competitive side. Matt, any uh, thoughts about, uh, about, uh, Wolves or Sheffield? Uh, I'm, I think I'm a little bit more on the different end of it with Sheffield than Logan is. I actually, I do like the manager, but I actually, I do think they're going to be one of the more, in a in a way, disappointing sides of the year. I think with everything they did last year, I think there is an expectation of top 10, but in all honesty, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them in the 12 to 14 range. I think last year they were not even expected to really, I think, make it more than possibly one year in the Premier League, and they outdid everything. But you know, after the after the lockdown, and even now, I they're definitely a gritty team, and I think they're going to grind out a few results. But a, one losing Dean Henderson from his loan, I think, is a big deal. I don't think Ramsdale is going to give them the same type of talent at goalkeeper. Um, so I, I think they're definitely going to see a struggle there. I think they'll see a, a few more goals go in that maybe wouldn't have had they had a better goalkeeper. But, you know, I, I do think a, a finish in that 12 to 14 range, I, I think would be still a success. I know people might not look at it that way, but I think they need to build off it's almost like a, a trio of movies. It's like, you know, the, the first one's really good. Sequel's a little bit, you know, eh. And then, but you can build off that sequel to get to the third one. And I think their third season is where they're, they'll make a, a jump to being a consistent top 10 side team. But I think this year you're going to see some growing pains. I think they need to get a, a little bit more talent into their side. Um, I think they started uh, the same player at all 11 positions today based off of, um, like, I, I honestly, when I look at their team, I go, I think that guy starts, but he could also be on the bench, but he could also not even be playing because they seem to have a lot of the same type of player. Um, but, you know, they're definitely going to have their ups and downs this year, but I do think they're not going to do what they did last year. So when you're saying movie trilogy, you're, you're thinking like, okay, the first season Pirates is of like... The Caribbean. Okay. Well, no, no, Dead Man's Chest is really good. You can't say that. You can't no, say no, that. World's no, End not, is awful. No. World's End is awful. So I was thinking more like you have Avengers uh, 1, and then you have, you know, Age of Ultron, Age of Ultron's like, eh, all right. And then you get the Infinity War in Season 3, and you're like, all right. Yeah. Here we go. Like, you know, it, it starts off starts off really well, but then you kind of take a little bit back in the second movie, but you get a, li- you get a nice setup for the third one, and I think that's where you'll start seeing them become a little bit more consistent and a better side, but I think this year you will see them take just a slight step back. And I don't think it has anything to do with the manager. I think he's a really good. I think he should still, even in a top 12 finish, I, I don't think you should take him out of the manager of the year. But yeah, like I, I he should mm-hmm. definitely be in that manager of the year talk. And, and honestly, I think the Wolves manager, I completely agree with Logan. He's 
he's done wonders with that side. And you could definitely tell they love playing for that for Nuno. Um, and they're they're dangerous. I hate when Liverpool play them because I just know it's going to be a tough game. Um, but yeah, it's it. I think it's just going to be just a little bit of a, a lower finish there for Sheffield. They just they need a little bit more talent to to consistently be in that top ten. I think. All right. Um, let's see here. Um, let's uh, get going to the last game here: Brighton versus Chelsea. Scoreline makes it look a little bit more favorable to Chelsea as it finished 3-1. Georgina with a penalty uh, kick in the 23rd minute that was created by Timo Werner. Uh, 54th minute tying goal by Trossard. Uh, 56-minute goal by Reese James, which was probably goal of the game. And then you have 66-minute, a little dinking uh, deflection from Kurt Zuma. Um all the way up front, scoring a goal there, uh, making it 3-1. My thoughts here for Chelsea, um, they're all right. They're all right. Um, you know, we have, uh, you know, Lamptey, uh, who plays for Brighton, is a former Chelsea player all the way up until uh, of uh, this year, actually, 2020. He got sold to Brighton. Um, so, of course, you know, just add them to the list of players that got away, I guess. But uh, I was really hoping that we would just let Timo Werner step up and take that penalty so I could get some fantasy points. <laughs> <laughs> I needed them. I needed them. Instead, Giorgino, I get it. He's like eight for eight uh, when it's a league, uh, when it's not a shootout. Uh, I think he's only missed one if it's a shootout, too. But, uh if it's a uh, just a regular penalty, he goes up there and he hasn't missed one yet. Um, uh, the Trissard goal, uh, Keppa has to be better there. Uh, and there were some times he looked nervy in, in other instances as well that were just... They're going to have to move on. Frank said, you know, they're not moving on, that as long as he's there, you know, he's their number one. Uh, but if they did bring somebody in, it'd be for competition. So he kind of went back on exactly what he just said. So I'm assuming that means they are looking at Mendy. Uh, but I, I was glad by the composure from Reese James uh, all the way just with that goal, 56 minutes in. It was like 70 seconds after giving up the equalizer that Chelsea found themselves back in front. No Christian Pulisic in the squad today. I'm guessing they're being a little cautious with him. Uh, saving him maybe for Liverpool, but it's um, uh, you know Havertz played today. Didn't really do a whole bunch. I already seen some hot takes on Twitter about it, but you know it's gonna take him a bit to flow with the with the English game. But I thought Timo Werner looked outstanding. He was constantly finding the ball. He was constantly running. Uh, he's deceptively fast. I didn't think he would look. I didn't think he would be fast, but man, watching him, he is. He is like fast. You know, he seems like too tall to be fast, but he is, or his body not built for quickness. But he was pretty fast. Uh, Logan, your thoughts on Chelsea? My thoughts are before I let you go here. Uh, third or fourth place seems about right. Maybe less now. I don't know. It's it's going to take them a bit to find their find their groove but the defense needs work what are your thoughts 
Yeah, I agree. I think um, three and four, they've definitely closed the gap between City and Liverpool, um, which was their intent. I mean, you go into this and you're going to spend a ton of money like they did. Uh, you're you're going to have to close that gap between City and Liverpool. I think, I think they personally closed it more than what is let on. Um, I think there's some people that don't. I think they've actually done a really good job of building it. Obviously, I think the defense needs some improvement. And then just the same with your club as Matt's club, they keep talking about that the center back needs somebody else to play with um, because the, you, you've got two really good center backs and then the other one's just kind of like me. Um, and, and they're talking about, you know, what can we do to improve that? I think you're right. I think you got to move on from Keppa. I love Tim Howard's quote saying, uh, as he was breaking down Lampard's um, comments after the game, um, he, he basically said, we're not moving on, but I have to tell you that because you're our starter right now, but we're moving on. Because <laughs> it did it. There was Kepa. There was one, the one that um, Troussard hit in. Kepa was like hanging out by the left post, and there was nowhere that he was going to be able to shoot that on the left-hand side anyway. I don't know what, the, I don't know what he was doing. I, it kind of looked like he was just sleeping. And then he hits one in, and it, he should have stopped it. I mean, he had the chance. His arm doesn't get down quick enough. Um, and Tim Howard said that that's an easy save. Uh, when, when you when you break it down and when he watches it later, he'll be really kicking himself because it was – but, Jordan, like you said, Timo Werner is as fast as I can remember. Like, he reminds me of when Aguero could scoot, like when he really could scoot. It was like, oh, man. Um, Werner, he's got real long, like, legs, and, like, he just – he takes off. Um, and goes, but um, and then Jordan, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Christian Pulisic actually hurt himself in training, uh, that's why he did not play. Um, he is out for Liverpool, supposedly, according to Frank. So, oh, really? um, that's yeah, it just came on Instagram. Um, they said that he he hit a setback in training camp and that he does not expect him to play against Liverpool. So, I but with Pulisic, Jordan, I think. I think the I think the window's a lot closer uh, than you think. <laughs> I, I think uh, Havertz isn't playing in the right spot. Really, he's got to learn like a new, you know, he's got to learn a new spot. It's going to be harder when Pulisic gets back in there because Pulisic, you got to learn how to play with him as well. Like you said, I think it's a learning curve, but I think I think it's going to be a lot closer um, than than a lot of people think. I think Chelsea easily finishes third now, um, and I think the gaps a lot a lot smaller um because i don't think liverpool's as good as last year and i don't think city's anywhere close as good so that's interesting i i have the total opposite reaction <laughs> i i just totally think that uh i i don't know i don't think that we've gotten much closer at all but uh how about you matt any thoughts on chelsea no, I mean, I think I'm actually, I agree more toward Logan because I, I also think you guys got closer. Um, you know, it, it was an interesting game. I, I'm still very intrigued to see how you play all those guys that you signed. Because um, even today, you know, the only one I see t- you really take out maybe is, is Loftus-Cheek. But, you know, who goes in for him? Is it Zayek? Is it Pulisic? Is it, you know, how, how do you handle so many players, especially in those games. I think, you know, Werner was impressive. Um, I was a little disappointed with Havertz. I actually, at moments, didn't really realize he was playing. Um, but I also know he, he doesn't have the same amount of training as Werner's had. So it's definitely something where he's probably going to take a little bit of time. Um, the main thing is you guys, you 
Keppa needs to not play. He he really need to get rid of him. Uh, I mean, not only like the goal itself looks like he dove over the ball, but there was one corner in the first half where he comes out and he tries to punch it and he just misses. And that for yeah, a, I think that was the one I was he, talking about where he was just not very. You can't like for a team trying to you know win the Premier League, and and uh, in all honesty, I I wonder what what set of expectations are really in that in your organization because I would think if you go out and sign all those guys, it, you have to be competing for the, the title. I don't think, you know, finishing top three would be great, but you know, if you end up not really competing or city and Liverpool just kind of battle it out again, I think in a way that's, that's a, a bit of disappointment in, you know, for Lampard, I think in my head, because you get all these guys and you're expected to compete and, and, close the gap a lot more than what it was last year. Um, but I think unless if Kepa has to start the whole year, I, I think it's going to be really tough because he just looks honestly, every time the ball is kicked at him, I think it's probably going into the goal. And You're not alone. <laughs> every time <laughs> it's like, it, and it, it's just, it, it I I had that with Liverpool before Allison, where I was like, every time the ball was kicked at the goalie, I was like, great, it's going to be another goal. Um, and it's not it's not easy, to, I think, to watch that and and have to worry constantly going, oh, it's going to go in, it's going to go in. And so whether that's you know Mendy comes in and takes over that spot, I don't, we'll see what happens with it. But you know, I I definitely think they they close the gap. I I feel like a good amount, and I do think it's going to be a, a three horse race. Um, but it, it's I, there's just a lot that I'm intrigued. Honestly, like I'm gonna watch a lot of Chelsea games this year because I want to see how they incorporate everybody. I want to see, you know, how how are they coached? Is somebody gonna fall out of favor? You know, I think there are there could be instances where maybe a player or two ends up falling out of favor, whether it's you know one of the guys you signed or whether it's one of the guys that was already on the team. Is there gonna be somebody who just you know Lampard doesn't see it or and they just don't do anything to challenge their spots that maybe they lost. You know, I, I, I'm, it's just, it's, it's almost like an, it's like an opposite Liverpool where I feel so confident in knowing who exactly is going to play every game because they just have their typical 11, maybe 12 guys that you expect to start. But with Chelsea, I feel like you have a good 16, 17 guys. And even if they don't start, they should be on the bench, but you also have some players who are normally on the bench. So are they going to make the bench? It's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm I'm kind of in, I'm kind of excited to watch all of it this year. Yeah, uh, that's funny though. You both of you guys saying that I don't see any Chelsea fans uh, thinking that we're even close to competing for uh, first or second. So a lot of us are are saying third or 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 fourth. Um, so. In your opinion, then Jordan, say you know, say you weren't a Chelsea fan, what would you, if you watched a team sign all the guys Chelsea assigned, and who knows, maybe they they could still be signing more. What would you want to see from that team? Because a lot of Liverpool fans on Twitter and you know some of the ones that watch a lot of of football, they're kind of like you know if Chelsea don't win the league, then in a way is that is that a failure by Lampard to get all these high-priced players that, you know, you spend 250, 300 million, 
their top players in their respective teams they were at. They were some of the best in the Bundesliga. Like, is it a failure of Lampard if they don't win the league, if they don't win the Champions League, if they don't win an FA Cup? Like, what if they don't win silverware? Is that, do you see that as a failure? Uh, no, I don't, actually. I, I think that this was needed even to catch us up to what Liverpool and City are even... Uh, I mean, it'll certainly close the gap a little bit, but I mean, when you look at... You know, we had a, we had a transfer ban. It's not like we it's not like we've been spending and then we were just like, crap, we need, you know, six or seven more players anyway, just to just to do it. We had a transfer ban where we were only using, you know, Mount had to step up from his uh, youth academy. Um, Loftus Cheek, uh, Hudson Adoy, you know, all these players that had to come up from the academy just to fill a squad last year, you know, where Lamptey was playing and like, uh, yeah, he looks great for Brighton, but you know, he, he was never really on any radar that I had seen on any of these, uh, Chelsea fans saying that like Lamptey's going to be really good. Like he, he was just filling in on FA cup games because we needed, uh, some coverage. Um, so this is just to fill out the squad. And, and I, even as a not, if I wasn't a Chelsea fan, I'd look at it and say, you haven't even addressed the main thing. They've gotten, yes, Chilwell and Silva, but they probably need some more defenders, honestly. If you're going to, Rudiger needs to go. Uh, you have uh, Zuma, who, you know, five years ago, top prospect, not so much anymore. It might be time to move on from him eventually. And the goalkeeper uh, still hasn't been addressed. It might be, but, you know, when a when teams know how badly you need a goalkeeper, uh, it's going to drive the price up because um, that's how we kind of got Keppa anyway for his price. The price goes up because they knew we were losing Courtois and we needed a goalkeeper, so we bring in Keppa. Now people are uh, you know probably going to hold Mendy or like you know Pope or whoever they're going after anymore uh, for some sort of higher price because they know Chelsea can pay higher prices and because they know from watching all these games that they need a goalkeeper really bad, really bad. And and with the shape that the goalkeeper is in and the shape that the defense is in, no matter how much firepower you have up top, it's not enough. Uh, It's not enough. You know, it might be enough for Liverpool at times where they can win games four, three Uh, Chelsea is going to lose more of those games, especially with Kepa in goal. And uh, the, the things, too, with Zayek and Pulisic, you know, Pulisic, it took a bit for him to, uh, you know, kind of adjust to the English leagues. Zayek's going to have to do that. Werner's going to have to do it. Um, Havertz is going to have to do it. Thiago Silva's going to have to do it. Uh, it's a little bit different when you can pull in players from England that already play in the Premier League and start making that shift. But now these players are having to come from outside and deal with the physicality of the Premier League that maybe they didn't have to deal with uh, previously. For me, I think if Liverpool fans are saying that they they have to win it or else it's you know a failure for Frank, I don't I don't buy that at all. You don't need defenders. City don't need them. We're just selling all of them. Don't not replacing any of them. You don't need. You just need a central def- defensive mid. You can play them City, all in the back City's forth. City's just hoarding uh, defenders over there. Um, we sold out of Mindy. I don't know what's going on there. I'm so confused. Uh, so uh, yeah, you should you should get a Lampy. That's I honestly. He, amen to that. He is. Uh, 
I remember the game against Liverpool. He was it, it, the same thing happening in the game against Liverpool. He was eating up um, the Liverpool defense, and I was like, "Who the heck is this guy?" And then watching the game today, I was like, "It's that, it's that, it's that good old." that little Lanty guy again and he just is running through it and he looks really good. He's going to, he's going to get a nice little promotion to probably a better side at some time in the next year. All right. Uh, our current top four. Are you ready for it guys? Current top yes. four is Arsenal in number one. In number two, it's Leicester city in number three. It's right where I have them. Chelsea uh, and number four, Newcastle currently just from you know points and gold differentials so you know hot take reactions now newcastle's making top four uh current relegation zone is pretty close to what we have predicted already which is just hilarious uh we have west ham in the 18th spot fulham in the 19th spot west brom in the 20th spot uh that you know obviously can change but it's just funny that that is already kind of lining up exactly as we kind of predict it uh, the current Golden Boot leader, I believe, is Salah with three. Um, looking right. at, looking ahead right. here, looking ahead, we have on Saturday, Everton versus West Brom. That's Saturday, September 19th at 7.30 a.m. Uh, we have Leeds versus Fulham on September 19th, which is Saturday at 10 a.m. And we have Manchester United. On Saturday, September 19th, versus Crystal Palace at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. And then, to cap it all off on Saturday, Arsenal versus West Ham, 3 p.m. That one's on NBC Sports Network. Uh, I tried to find channels for the other ones. The first three all said Peacock. I'm not sure if that's actually true. Um, I couldn't find the actual listings. Uh, so let's pick uh, let's pick a game from this day to predict. How about Leeds versus Fulham? Logan, I'm going Leeds. Fulham looked absolutely horrible. I'm not sure they're ever going to win a game this year. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, I, Leeds. I'm telling you, Leeds has got that that build up of just being middle of the table, top ten maybe. I, I, I'm impressed. I really am. And yeah, let's go with let's okay. go with. Uh, sorry, hold on. I, I was going to go score. I forgot. Uh, I'll go two nil Leeds. All right, Matt. How about you? Leeds versus Fulham. I uh, yeah, I gotta go Leeds. I think uh, in a battle between the two teams coming up from the championship, I this is the type of game Leeds. If they want to be in that top ten area, they need to win this game. Um, and I would say that their firepower, I can't imagine they they don't they don't at least win by two goals. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's gonna end three uh, one. I do think Fulham will get their first goal, but Leeds is gonna have, Leeds will have too much firepower for Fulham. Interesting. I have uh, Leeds with three nil. How about that? <laughs> um, Let's go on to Sunday's games. We have Sunday on uh, September 20th. We have Newcastle versus Brighton. Uh, That's at 9 a.m. Eastern. We have Chelsea versus Liverpool on 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. And Leicester versus Burnley at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Let's predict the big one. Newcastle versus Brighton. I'm just kidding. Chelsea versus Liverpool. Logan. 
well, damn it. Now I've got to throw out my notes because I had that ready. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, oh, man. Oh, this is rough. Oh, I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to say Chelsea 2-1. Uh, and the reason why I'm saying that is... You're not invited to my apartment ever again. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I'm going to say Chelsea wins because I'm not sure Liverpool's quite got it figured out, whatever's going on in their heads. Uh, I, something's funky. Uh, something's a little, something smells a little strange over in the Liverpool side right now. So I'm going to go Chelsea 2-1. I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to say that Havertz scores his first goal in a Chelsea kit. All right, interesting. I put that down too for you, Matt. Uh, any predictions for Liverpool Chelsea? Um, I, you know, I it's going to be a tough game, and I am definitely a little worried about it. I I still think Liverpool do win it. Um, I'm I'm going to actually have the same scoreline, just swapping the teams. I think it's going to end two one. Um, reason why I actually think I do think Matt starts, and I think that's going to be a big defensive factor for Liverpool. Um, and I think he definitely solidifies it. And, you know, I just, I think playing Chelsea early in the season is probably the better time to do it. If this was mid season at Chelsea, I, I definitely might see it going more toward Chelsea way, especially with players getting a little bit more acclimated. Um, but depending on who plays, I, I could actually see, I read somewhere where some, uh, one of the writers, I think it's on Bleacher Report wrote that, not really he doesn't expect Havertz probably to play against Liverpool and they might go on with a more Premier League tested um player for his spot just because it sounds like he would be defending Mane or be on Mane's side and they're not sure if he's fully ready to deal with that. Um so it it'll be interesting to lines, but I think I think Matip will be a big difference and it'll end two one. All right, here is my uh, prediction here. I have Liverpool winning 3-1 with Werner scoring his first. Um, I don't think it's even close. I don't think you have anything to worry about, to be honest. Uh, going on to Monday, Aston Villa versus Sheffield. Uh, that's at 1 p.m. And Monday, September 21st, we have Wolves versus Manchester City at 3.15. Logan... You just said you were worried about this. How about what's your prediction here? Yeah, so City usually struggle to to start out. Um, I think with the limited amount of training, I think uh, Wolves having more training underneath their belt, and we haven't really played a preseason match um, that I've seen. Aguero is going to make an appearance, and usually when he's got like these weird appearances where he's going to play like 20 minutes or something like that, City's not always done well in those. I'm going to say Wolves win it. I'm going to go with 3-2 Wolves. Matt? I uh, I think City ends up winning. <laughs> um, I think it's going to end up being 3-1 City. Uh, I, I don't think City is going to let themselves lose to Wolves three times in a row because I know Wolves, Wolves won, the last, uh, won both games last year, but I, I mm-hmm. think... I, I just can't see City allowing a team to beat them three times in a row. And, and you know, the Wolves definitely will play them well, but, you know, City City still have the better players. And even though they, you know, didn't bring in Messi, I, you know, you got players coming back. You got the player of the year. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We didn't what? 
That was a done deal. <laughs> that was a done deal. I was expecting him to to come out. Logan's and, and uh, just... Logan's kit arrives uh, the tomorrow with about? the messy on it. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for him to explode out of the locker room, out of the tunnel. Here comes Mister Number Ten up front playing striker for no reason other than the fact that I want him to play striker. Yeah, it's you know city city are still one of the top two teams and. You know, I just Pep is going to come out ready, and you know, first game of the season, they're going to be, they will be decently rested, probably well rested at that point. Especially, if you said you guys haven't even had like a a friendly, um, and I just, I can't see it. I can't see them losing the first game of the year, especially against the team that's beat them recently. Because City don't seem like the kind of team that lets teams run over them consistently, and I, I think they play really well. You get a pretty easy win out of it. Can I read you guys the first couple games hold on for City? Because I was listening to the City podcast, and they're like, "Who are the?" Now I will tell you our our to end the season. Uh, we have probably the easiest end to season that any team ever has. But the first couple weeks we have Wolves, um, and that's at. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but that's at Wolves. Um, we have Leicester, which is at home. We have Leeds at Leeds. Uh, we have, and that might have fans in it, um, which I've heard that it's really hard to play in Leeds. Um, and then we have Arsenal after that. So I think City, <laughs> if they don't start well, um, this could get ugly because we don't have a defender yet. We sold Otamendi and Garcia. I don't know who the hell is going to play back there. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, my prediction here is actually I'm going to go 2 2. I'm gonna go with a draw. Uh, so not not a big not not a loss, but uh, you know not not a win either. That's exactly what a draw means. All right, we're going on. So uh, that is that is our show. Um, and I guess the next episode of this, uh, I guess I'll be doing from Florida. Um, but uh, it. If you need to get in contact with us, you can contact us on Twitter at Stop It Show uh, on Twitter uh, at Stop It's Time Soccer Show on Instagram, Facebook.com slash Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Or you can email us at Stop It's Time Show at gmail.com. I am Jordan Wiegand. You've heard from Logan Stump and Matt Hartgrove. Have a great rest of your week. Kane has stolen it! That's what he's there for! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.